Thursday Tea Time Live. Thursday Tea Time Live today and we will be talking about my uh, meeting with meeting. I got to meet Dun Jones. I've just interviewed Helen Carr. I'll be talking about that. I have an announcement about the Stuart Summit, an extra speaker who you'll be very excited to hear about. Um, the Amberlin Cup I wanted to chat to you about as well. And also uh, the I went to another sort of local museum and I wanted to talk about what I found there, but also just that these are worthy places to go to, not just because of the effort that people put in, um, but because um, because of what you can find there. So give me a thumbs up, let me know, or heart if you're on Instagram, a thumbs up if you're on YouTube. I'm streaming to live to both. Let me know if you can hear me okay, because I do have my little um, uh, makeshift mic set up going. <laughs> good, I can see some hearts coming up. Um, good, cool. So everyone seems to be able to hear me. Um, fabulous. So remember on uh, YouTube, you can um, you can show your support by giving me a badge and also now badges on Instagram. If you want to help me out and, uh, and show your support, that would be great. And maybe I can get myself a microphone that I don't have to attach to my other microphone with a hairband. That would be great, I think. So let's get on to today. Um, I can see people joining. Hello, some very familiar faces uh, and handles. Some of you I know were on last night on History After Dark, um, which was fun, always is. Any of you who don't know what History After Dark is and would like to, well, come along if you're, um, if you're happy to explore maybe areas of history that we don't always do, but in a way that we definitely don't always do. Um, the uh, the shackles are off and uh, and we talk freely on History After Dark, which is now also a YouTube channel. Um, thank you so much. I can see that. Oh, thank you so much, Chrissy. Thank you, Brian. Sorry if I've missed anyone. I think I just saw that the uh, another message goes. Thank you so much for the badges. Really, really, really appreciate it. Um, Colleen, hi, welcome from California. Colleen's watching on YouTube. Um, the, the Mayfair Forest, which a hairband is a great invention. Yes, it, you can't see it's just off screen, but it is keeping my mic in place as we <laughs> as we continue. Um, yeah, indeed. There are those, those kind of inventions that you think, oh, they could have revolutionized the world had they have been around a little bit longer. So thank you. I can see lots of you joining from America um, over there in on the continent as well. I don't know if we've got any Australians on yet. Um, I think we. I keep some of you. Um, thank you, Bree. Uh, keep some of you company in the ungodly hours when this goes out on. That um, this goes out on in uh, Australia. Actually, talking about Australia, I will be on Natalie Gruniger's. Uh, Talking Tudors, I think it's a Patreon podcast um, uh, in a f couple of weeks. So if you're um, if you're around for that, then uh, that's eight o'clock. Oh, that's eight o'clock on, on, on an evening, which isn't too bad for me. I also have my tea. I saw Jenna said she's got her tea ready. My queen bee. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. And coffee is the best invention. It is, Brian, but it is 10 past one now or seven minutes past one in the afternoon it's gone past the time where I I now go from coffee to tea because I don't know I think I read once that that was a good idea and so I did <laughs> so there you go thank you for uh coming back this week because I wasn't here last week I was in Portugal and um, supposed to be enjoying the sunshine it was mm, not as sunny as I would have hoped, but it was great. It, anyway, we got time in the pool and just time away from it all. So that was nice. So thank you for coming back this week. You may have seen, though, that once I got back, I was I was busy. I went down to Sirencester on Saturday. So let's get into this. I um, I went ostensibly to the Winstone Talk, which is part of uh, the Winstone Trust, um, puts on a talk every year and it is... Uh, Ah, Mayfair Witch, 9pm in Perth. No, not so ungodly then. That's that's not too bad. That's not too bad. Um, oh, and our hour, has, our hour has changed as well, hasn't it? So that's probably impacted all of you as well. Um, so I went down to Simon Sister for this Winstone talk. Um, the Winstone talk, like I say, takes part annually. It's um, tagged on to the Gloucester History Festival. Usually at the end, 
but the Gloucester History Festival um, was cancelled this year due to the Queen. It, it completely coincided with the, with the Queen's death. Um, and so they're doing a mini one in the spring. Um, and it happens every year in St John the Baptist um, Church in Sirencester, which I'll tell you a bit more about in a minute. Bree, 6am. Ooh, good morning, good morning. <laughs> oh, you got me in your ear right away. Good. Hmm. I think I put full fat milk in my tea. That does not work. So I went down to Sirencester. St John the Baptist Church. It's actually it's a it's a place Sirencester that um I want to go back to and have a more of an explore. There was a huge abbey there which I know very little about. I will admit, um, and the church. So the church, some of it dates back to the twelfth century, some of it to the thirteenth. You've got quite a a, a large expansion in the fourteen fifties, um, and and there's, there's there's evidence of Tudor work there as well, but the um the font there I don't know if any if any of you saw my story on Instagram I think I have to put it on the reel as well if I haven't I will um a 1450 font uh, not font excuse me um pulpit and it's a rare survivor in fact I'm not I I'm going to look out now to see if I see these anywhere else it's made of stone they call it a wine glass design presumably because of the shape of the kind of cutouts windows if you can call them that in a pulpit um so that that was quite fascinating and the um next to it and i have seen this in one other place recently uh is a sermon timer have you heard of a sermon timer it's an egg timer effectively and and it's at the side of the pulpit and uh, and of course it was used to make sure that the sermons didn't go on for too long <laughs> Which I think is brilliant. And the other place I saw one of those this year um, was at the church at Selworthy, the white church that I also did some stuff about in the summer. Um, I quite like that idea. So that they, they, clearly they, they, they knew that they, uh, they would lose their audience after a certain amount of time. Hello, Robin over there in Virginia. Welcome. So, um, so yes, yeah, so you've got the, the, there's lots of, it's, it's, it is a fairly big church. Um, once, uh, attached to the abbey there was a doorway through that you can kind of still understand a little um, how that would have linked in from the abbey into the church um, but of course it has there the Anne Boleyn Cup which again if you were watching my uh, Instagram uh, on Saturday you would have seen um, and again I think I've put it in the reel and if I haven't I will so the Anne Boleyn Cup check out after this check out my Instagram to have another look and it's a, a, a gilt cup um, and it has Anne Boleyn's falcon on the top, perched on the top. It's really cute, actually. And this, um, this cup was passed down. I think it was given to a servant and passed down and the family donated it to the church. And it's behind, um, it's actually sort of, it, it looks very secure behind a, a big glass plate um, with bars behind the window as well and um, apparently when the Queen uh, Tracy I actually went to this church last year to watch Tracy Borman do a talk and she mentioned during her talk oh thank you um, Zamri Callis thank you for the badge anyone who wants to support me please um, feel free please do buy me a badge and I, I will put it to good causes uh, my own but good um, I yeah, and she mentioned during her talk, um, this is just around the time that her Crown and Scepter book was coming out. That So, that, of course, they'd shown around the church as well, with speaking there. And she mentioned that the Queen had been, I think the Queen had visited the church at some point during her life, of course, and had mentioned, had been shown this cup, obviously told its provenance and, and importance, and, and just comments, oh, I've got one of those. <laughs> And there was another one, apparently, in the in the in the royal collection. So I don't know where that is or any if any research on the two together has been done, but I thought that was quite amusing. Um and while I was in so so I went to the church early on, even though I was going back for Dan Jones's talk later on, because of course by then you're gonna be listening to a talk and this 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 
uh, chairs out and everything. So I, I went earlier on to get to get some filming done and just have a little look. Oh, thank you, Miss Laney Mac. Thank you for the badge. Thank you very, very much. Um, and, and and took some footage and stuff. But that left me with a bit of time to kill while I was in Sirencester. Dunn's talk was in the evening. And I went to a museum, their museum there called Corinium Museum. So Sirencester, for any of you who, who may not know your Roman British history, why would you, um, is the name of the city that was there during the uh, the Roman occupation of Britain. And you can kind of, you can get from the name Sirencester, the Sester bit, you know that there's a Roman town, it, it, roots, if you have anywhere with a Sester, and, um, or Chester. And Corinium, so Corinium is the name of the, the the city. It was the second largest city of Roman Britain. I hadn't realised this. It had between eighty to twenty thousand occupants, popu you know, population size. That is about the same as it has today. So it was a big place. It's a big place, and you, there's um, the, it rained, so I didn't get to go. But there's a, uh, a remains of the amphitheatre, which is still to be seen. And um, there was a, a there was a, a hotel bar that had a glass floor in part of it, and underneath were some Roman um, footings. And so, so it, it is literally under your feet all the time in Sirencester. But so their Corinium Museum focuses a lot on the Roman history of the area and of the city, of course, which is why I know it had a population of between eighteen to twenty thousand. So I can get on to. Uh, what I said um, in the outset of this, which is how uh, how important, interesting and worth visiting local museums are. So this, um, it actually interestingly had a travelling exhibition there as well, um, which is talking about gladiators, gladiators, um, skeletons that had been found outside of York and it must be a traveling exhibition and it's going around of which they warned me over and over again and I heard them warning other people over and over again that there were human remains in this exhibition fair enough but there were human remains in the rest of the museum that they didn't mention anyway and um and they cover the Roman history a lot now if you are interested in Roman history especially the like mosaics and frescoes they have a huge uh, number of examples. Um, obviously, they're not in situ, but they were they were found in the in the city in the town. Is it a city or town now? Town now, um, and um, and transported into the museum and, and displayed. Um, and I'll share I'll share some of the, those after after this actually, and just to show you what why why I'm like waxing lyrical about them because they're really large. They're really quite complete. Um, even the frescoes, um, which you would think, because they're they're not wall paintings, and I'll get onto why that is in a moment. You think perhaps they would have faded a lot more. We're talking about things that are two thousand years ish old, um, and the mosaics are beautiful, and the frescoes are beautiful. The reason a fresco, no, maybe somebody much more technically minded or can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but the a fresco basically is created so that the pattern or the the painting as we would or as, as as me as a layperson would describe it is put into the plaster while the plaster is wet and therefore when the plaster dries it is embedded in that plaster and maybe is that why it the colors seem to last so long i don't know but it seems to be a a fair guess on my part and the mosaics as well just really get really interest me the 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 patterns are they're like they're like you would get set a test on on geometric geometric patterns in maths you know they're they're, they're really mm, complicated but of course because they and they produce this, these beautiful effects um and and there's just loads of examples of them now what i did notice then so you, you have the roman period and then of course you go into um into the Anglo-Saxon period, where where the the Romans have gone pretty much overnight, and we were led to believe for a long time that 
um, sort of society collapsed to a point where nothing was being done and and all and lots of skills had been lost. Now, there, it's true, lots of skills had been lost. We don't see underfloor heating again, um, which is which is a shame. We don't see the bathhouses. That's a shame. Um, we don't see mosaics used. You know, this is this is these are imported um, or travelling craftspeople who don't appear to to come about anymore. But what I noticed going through from the Roman part of the um, museum into because they, they set it out chronologically into the Anglo-Saxon, which by the way is where the um, human remains are that I was talking about because they have Anglo-Saxon burials. That was really fascinating as well. Um, uh, they covered in in the museum and uh but the the examples of the jewelry um and any kind of adornments clothing adornments that were in the the anglo-saxon part of the museum they are incredible and again i'll 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 share some photos after this so that you can see what i'm talking about um i'll share them on instagram but I should mention as well, make sure you're signed up to my Substack. Any of you noticed a glitch on Instagram the other day? Um, oh, hi, Karen, watching in uh, in New, Z New Jersey. She's watching on YouTube. Um, yeah, Instagram had a glitch and loads of people couldn't get into their accounts. Lots of people just disappeared from Instagram. And um, so it's it's now more more important than ever, imperative you sign up to my Substack, which is free. Uh, you just get a weekly email from me, maybe a, a couple more if I've uploaded something to YouTube um, because or to the podcast, and you'll get a notification of that. And you can do that afterwards by clicking the link in my bio. Um, but maybe I'll share some of the photos on there as well. So, um, yeah, so the jewellery is, I mean, it is, it is exquisite it's so detailed and in in it's not it's not chunky it's it's completely the opposite whatever the opposite of that would be very intricate um and so we so we clearly society so society breaks down in terms of the the roman setup um i mean there has there ever been anyone more organized than the romans i don't i don't know <laughs> but but I admire that level of organisation, I have to say. Um, and then that sort of thing falls apart. But clearly, clearly there was lots of ability left. Um, and and the jewellery is, is, is a very uh, large example of that, excuse me. And then uh, I followed on through the museum. There's, there's lots in there, but again, this is just an example, another example of why it's always worth going and having a little look around. And they had a seal. Uh, I did share this the other day on Instagram, a seal of Mary the first and Philip, who became Philip II of Spain. Um, so they had so had this example of uh, of a seal, which is slightly different to the other one. I then looked it up online. They're slightly different to the ones that I saw online. But interestingly and notably, should I say, Mary is always depicted on the right of Philip. Now that was that had, up until up until Mary was queen, it was always a man, the husband on the right, because the husband would have been the monarch. And of course, in order for Mary to marry Philip, there had to be a marriage treaty of which Mary had um, uh, a hand in creating, which said that she was in charge he was not and um so that natural order of husband over wife would not apply in terms of ruling the country um and so that's why she's depicted on his right i believe and i would have to check this but this is coming from the back of my mind um that she was on the right during their wedding as well we think the man's always stood on the right and the lady always on the left i think she stood on the right but i maybe don't take my word for that maybe we have to check that that i've mentioned now that happened at winchester cathedral mary and philip's wedding and we're talking about winchester next next friday so not tomorrow next friday on visiting tudor britain 
and um it's uh i'm sure we'll we'll we'll, we'll definitely we'll be covering the cathedral there's no visiting tudor britain tomorrow unfortunately um a couple of us have got family engagements that that uh that mean we can't do it but we will be back next week doing winchester um Ah, oh, Mayfair Forest Witch, just for anyone interested, she's moved over to YouTube and I sound better on YouTube. I think I look better on YouTube as well because I've got the filter on. <laughs> the wipe away the years filter. That's not what it's called, but they could call it that. Um, uh, hello, John, over there in Iowa. Welcome. So, yeah, so going through this, um, you know, local museum and there's all these sorts of finds. Now, I'm going to another one in the next few weeks that I will tell you, I'm not going to tell you about it before. Well, I could tell you about it before, but I can't remember the name of it. It's in Wiltshire. Um, and it's, it might just be called the Wiltshire Museum. I can't remember. But anyway, I'm going, I'm going to try and get there in a couple of weeks time. Um, because that, when I last went there, that was proper Victorian style museum with all the cases and, and hidden away in those in there. Um, just a, uh, a piece, it has, I'll go a step back it has a lot of the finds from Stonehenge uh, in this museum um, I think it's called the Wiltshire Museum but I, I would have to check um, and so not only does it have that but it but so within those though there are are items objects that would have come from the Silk Roads basically come down the Silk Roads come from everywhere else in the known world and they're just in these little cases and you have to read the label and go oh that's that's fairly significant so and also there's a there's a museum that sarah the Chile travel guide put me on to um it's called the garden museum it's in stroud and it has um the mace that that henry the eighth would have been presented with when he visited barclay as part of the 1535 progress probably um and it's sort of a ceremonial kind of oh the king's here here you are have all the rights back to um to your land sir you know you're here you're in charge i will you know i, I just look after it while you're not here but it's a, it's a ceremony of course the mace gets given back um during that and henry goes on his merry way uh and that mace is in uh is in at this little museum in stroud and I've shared that as well on my Instagram. If you have a look, if you have a little look back through the last few um, posts, it's probably a few weeks ago now. Um, but you, you'll be able to see that mace as well. It's not what I expected. Mace is now sort of, you know, you've got a big, um, if you've ever seen the one that's in the House of Commons. Um, is it the House of Commons or the House of, House of Lords? Anyway, they're big. This is not, it's more like a staff. Um, so let me talk to you about History After Dark because um, Marie has asked um, about some of the things that are going on with that and then I will get on to my big announcement about the Stuart Summit as well. Um, before I do, if you want to support me, you can buy me badges on Instagram, you can do something on YouTube, I can't remember what it is, um, but you can, I think you can plug some money in with your comment. It's much appreciated um, and it will be going toward a, oh, I think I might go for Bluetooth microphone, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, I need some equipment, so your your support is 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 gratefully received. So um, yeah, history after dark is on a Wednesday night. We had history after dark last night. It's myself, uh, Katrina Marchant, who does reading the past. She's got a really successful um, channel on YouTube, and uh, Catherine Brooks, the uh, not just the Tudor tracker, on Instagram, and we all get together and chat history. And last night it was. Um, what we wish we knew in history with sort of the tagline but we also know that we probably will never know <laughs> because it's generally history that was um the lower sort of classes lower echelons uh or maybe the more mundane things in life that people wouldn't have written down we, we we'd started off with a conversation about about toilets and did people really go all along one bench at the same time with no partitions and then we started musing about whether there could have been partitions made of wood or something that haven't survived anyway etc etc so we, um that's that's how that topic came about but we've also on history after dark started um 
to stream to YouTube as well. So we're doing both um, to answer your question, Marie. Uh, we are <laughs> really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we, we streamed to both. So for now, we will be doing both YouTube uh, and Instagram. Um, and History After Dark also has its own Substack, which you can um, subscribe to to get links to what we've been up to, what we're going to be getting up to. We have a guest on History After Dark in a few weeks time. We're going to try and get a guest in a month. So we have our next one lined up. Gareth Russell is coming to speak to the girls about his new book. Um, oh, thank you very much, Ursula. <laughs> I look even better on YouTube <laughs> then. You're very kind. Um, so, History After Dark, yeah. So, that, that's, and, and we've actually got all our, um, we're talking about the Glorious Revolution next week. We've got all our topics set out. Check us out. It's because we got together on Tuesday at my house and with some colourful Sharpies and made some plans. So, it all went very well. Um, this morning, let me tell you, I have been talking to I will go on to my announcement soon but I want to tell you this before I f well I won't forget but I want to tell you this I've been speaking to Helen Carr uh, this morning so I've been interviewing her uh, my patrons will know this because I've asked them I already asked them for questions for Helen Helen's written this book oh, if I can grab it The Red Prince John of Gaunt Duke of Lancaster and so yes, yeah, so I've interviewed her this morning. I asked patrons to put forward their questions, which they did, which I put to Helen, and that interview will be going live in December. Um, this Sunday, my interview with Kate McCaffrey, who did the, she works at Hever Castle, many of you may know her, and she did some brilliant research as part of her master's on Anne's Book of Hours. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, we um sorry i'm just reading the comments michael no notification on youtube how rude they didn't tell you i was going live that's rude uh so uh karen says love history after dark great topics and always manage to get a laugh or two yes and all completely sober which i don't know what would happen if we had a drink as well um uh, oh, Marie put forward questions. No, so, so Marie's saying it was difficult actually um, for patrons to come up with questions for Helen because um, John of Gaunt, and this is what I sort of started my interview with her with Helen about. Um, so I've just jumped back to John of Gaunt, but Helen, uh, sorry, uh, John of Gaunt is a name we're familiar with. He's the founder, if you like, of the House of Lancaster, which we're familiar with is the war in the wars of the roses his son is Henry, Henry Bolingbroke who becomes Henry the fourth um but his son doesn't become king until after it's the same year but it's the end of the same year that John dies um his his son becomes king so you know that isn't even part of his story um but his life is incredible honestly I would really recommend oh it's gone a bit blurry, but if you haven't even thought of reading or researching about John of Gaunt, I promise you, you will love and enjoy this book. You'll be like, why have I not taken more notice of this bloke before? Um, he is a younger brother to the Black Prince, um, Edward of Woodstock. He, um, Edward of Woodstock is the father of Richard II. Ugh. John of Gaunt is, is the Black Prince's younger brother. He wasn't known as the Black Prince at the time, but um he was the he was the one of the black prince's younger brothers but he grew up in the black prince's household um so there's a whole story there uh incredibly loyal man incredibly loyal very um conservative in his views about monarchy monarchy is there for a particular purpose and it is passed from you know down a linear line so we discussed well what would what do you think he would have made of what happened after he um he dies with his own son and then of course the wars of the roses how would he have felt about all of that if if this sort of idea of monarchy and divine right to rule was quite high uh in in john's list of um beliefs um so we uh so we discussed all that of course 
John of, so John of Gaunt is married to Blanche of Lancaster. That's how he gets the the dukedom of Lancaster. He's married to uh, um, uh, 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 of Castile. Why can't I think of her name? I can't think of her name. Um, through which we eventually get Isabella of Castile and Catherine of Aragon. So that's where that comes from. Um, Constance of Castile, excuse me. Yeah. And then, of course, he has a long-standing affair, eventually marries Catherine Swinford. Um, so Marie says, no, the Black Prince I'm more familiar with, not going to lie, as a goth. <laughs> Picked him up on my radar <laughs> because of black in his moniker. Yeah, which he wouldn't have um, recognised. This wasn't something attributed to him. Um yeah, John of Gaunt died in 1399. I don't think he was very old, was he? Um, and, um, I mean, old enough to have fully grown children, but not old. Bearing in mind his father, Edward III, has li lived till he, in, in his 70s. Um, but So those stories, that, you know, Edward III and his sons, Black Prince, John of Gaunt, and then you've got um, Thomas of Langley. Mm, more anyway kind of like a band of brothers uh literal i know and but also in a militarily set military sense and um 59 really thank you so he's only 59 um and um so their stories overlap john sees battle for the first time when he's 10 years old. And that's because it's a little bit of a family affair. No one expects this battle. It's the Battle of Winchelsea. It's um, actually a naval battle. No one expects it to be that problematic, really. Um, so they're all there. Philippa of Henault is there. Their mother, John of, uh, Edward III's wife. Um, anyway, it all gets into a big melee, which you can listen about. Well, you should either read about it in Helen's book and you can, uh, and you can um, listen to the interview, of course, when it's out. Um, Jenna, by those standards, th yeah, the, that day standards, that wasn't that young. No, it wasn't that young, but it, but they, but people were living older. I think we've got. It depends. I mean, like, like I said, his father was in his seventies, um, so hmm, I don't know. he could have possibly expected to live longer. However, the Black Prince dies. Um, I think he does it. He just predeceased with the third. So, but these stories all over interlap. You've got um, the Peasants' Revolt happens during this time. John of Gaunt um, had the, his his palace was the Palace of Savoy. Any of you have heard of the Savoy Hotel? Um, that's on the same site. Um, it was completely destroyed, or majority destroyed in the during the Peasants' Revolt. Um, and we go into into all this why. He was a particular target. How how the attitudes towards him were different in London to everywhere else, which is something I don't think. Um, if you have heard of John, you've probably heard of him as being very ambitious, very um, um, power hungry, wanting the crown of England, and we go into that bit of bit of myth busting. Um, so uh, yeah. You, I think you'll really enjoy it. I mean, get the book. Helen, uh, Helen narrates this on Audible as well. You know what I'm like with Audible. Listen to it and then buy the book anyway. Um, but she narrates it and it's beautifully, beautifully narrated. So I was interviewing her this morning. That will go out in December. Thank you to the patrons who put in questions. I know it was difficult because it was a topic that you sort of need to know a little bit about in order to know what questions to ask. But hopefully you'll enjoy the ones I put to Helen anyway. Um, so back to Simon Sester because <laughs> that kind of brings me nicely back because Dan is uh, a friend, uh, well, sort of friend, acquaintance of Helen's and he, and he reviewed her book. So this is why I was in Simon Sester. It was to listen to Dan Jones talk, apparently about Edward III and the Cressy campaign. But it wasn't really, it was about, well, it was, but it was about the, the real history um, and how he went about writing his first fiction book, Essex Dogs. So the real history behind it, but also, um, um, yeah, the stories that were being told and how he did that. Now, this is interesting. Um, 
because he's written a fiction book in order to explore the stories of the soldiers involved in the Cressy campaign. Because there are no diaries, there are no accounts of your sort of ordinary everyday soldier during this campaign. And um, yes, I got to meet him in person. I was very excited. It's really hard when you have a photo taken with someone as well not to go. <laughs> I think if you look at the photo I had taken with him, um, I do. You can see that creeping into my eyes. I nearly, I nearly lost it. Um, really nice guy. Really interesting. Um, hearing him speak about how he put the story together. So if I give you a little bit of an insight into what he said, um, so Essex Dogs is um, is about ten soldiers, sort of in a in a group. I don't know what we'd call it now, platoon, I suppose something like that um and 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 what they went through during the Cressy campaign and he was talking specifically about them landing on the beaches um of France and the beach that they landed on during the Cressy campaign is close by to um to those which were landed upon in the in the D-Day campaign of, of World War Two, of which we do have accounts from the soldiers involved in that and he was able to use that information um those insights into what soldiers of the second world war landing on very similar beaches were feeling and able to weave that into the story of soldiers landing in the 1360s on similar beaches at the beginning of the Cressy campaign um they then um just lay siege to everything they find. Um, it's a it's a known method of warfare during that time where you just destroy everything you come across. You destroy crops, you destroy people, you destroy animals, you destroy everything. And um, what he's able to do by by writing this as a fiction book is explore. Um, yeah, Michael probably Bernard Cornwell's books do this as well. I, I need to pick up more of his. I need to get into some. Dan Dan Jones is that and Tracy Borman who I'll come on to in a minute has also they've both convinced me that uh, the that reading good good historical fiction um is is really helpful in exploring topics that you you just can't do if you um if you've got to stick to a fact uh, you know you've got to stick to just the facts you can't put thoughts in people's heads you can't put feelings in their body you can't make them have conversations that are, haven't been written down well how many of your conversations are written down you know probably if you go to court or if you ever, ever as unfortunate um or i don't know or you've written a something a piece for something like conversation these things so if you're looking at fiction as a historian and you write fiction you can do these things um, and this is what um, this is what uh, Dan has tried to do with the Sussex Dogs book, um, which is now on my list because <laughs> I don't. Oh, I need to get through them. I need to give myself a bit of time. Go to bed an hour earlier. This is always my, my intention. Actually, read for a bit. Hmm. Um, uh, so what's it? Kath Kath saying that she loves Tracy Borman's trilogy and Miss Laney Mac. Has also, who's also brought me a badge, thank you, and uh, enjoys them too. So, so yes, yeah, so I got to, I actually got to ask Dan, because um, he was taking questions at the end, um, whether it's a misnomer, I didn't quite, um, I took quite a long time asking this question, but whether it's a bit of a misnomer that people who lived in the past, oh, they saw it all, um, it was nothing to them to, deal with what they'd done because that's so it's kind of a ptsd question did they did they have ptsd but you what the soldiers this part of this campaign and it's got a proper name that i can't think of at the moment in french um where they just destroy everything they come across now literally everything so these soldiers would have killed puppies babies raped women killed them you know it, they they would have they would have carried they wouldn't have just seen atrocities they would have carried those out and what I was interested in knowing is did um, how how did that yeah you know, that that might have been something may have been something they could cope with doing while they're doing it how did that play on their minds 
when they're on their own afterwards and um and things like that either either during the campaign or once they get home um so and he and he answered that and he basically said that the, the whole book really is kind of an exploration into that into how are these soldiers feeling how are they what are their attitudes to what they're doing why are they there what's their opinion on that um so i've just got a few comments so um mad journalist marie essex dogs will actually be my seventh dan jones book <laughs> that i own uh need to reread them as it's been a few years yes i picked up um it's over there i picked up the hollow crown of dan's the other day just i don't know why i just went oh i've got another one of his yeah of course i have i, I think i was looking i realized that i'd met him once before he'd signed this book um, but I don't remember speaking to him last time. Um, anyway, so I was looking and seeing if I had got a signature in the book, and I and I had. And then I started reading, and I was like, "This is really, this is really easy to read." You know, it's uh, accessible, which I think is um, shows a good writer and a good historian. Now, I'm going to sip my tea, and then I'm going to tell you my announcement. Now, some of you, this is already relevant to, and many of you, I hope this will become relevant to. I am passionate about trying to get history to everyone regardless of where you are in the world and I mentioned that I went to the Warwick Words History Festival a few weeks ago where I got to see Estelle Peronk in person and if you want to check out my interview with Estelle that is on YouTube and on the podcast via Substack as well um, also available on Apple and Spotify um, I got to see so I got to see Estelle and I got to see Dr Joanne Paul who I will be interviewing soon. So if you're a patron, look out for that. I'm going to be asking you for questions to put to Joanne. Joanne Paul wrote the House of Dudley book, which I discussed a couple of weeks ago, about literally about the House of Dudley. So you've got right through from sort of Edmund Dudley um, through to Robert Dudley. And yeah, and they, well, we could go into that as a whole different discussion topic now. But um, if you are... Chevrochet, thank you, May Forest Witch. Yes, Chevrochet um, is the name of this laying waste to, to everything. Um, uh, it's, a te it's terrorism, basically. It's complete terrorism. Um, oh, Marie's reading Joanne's book. Good. Marie, Marie is a, um, is a uh, patron of mine already, so I will be asking for questions from Joanne. Uh, for Joanne, excuse me, soon. I'm going to be interviewing her in December. If you're not a patron and you want to be, it's only £5 a month and you get lots of things. One of the things is your chance to ask questions of the historians that are coming up and then um, you also get the interview ad-free. Minus irritation of adverts. You get no adverts. Um, that's just one of the things that you get. So... Um, where was I? So that's Joanne. Um, yes, the Warwick Words History Festival. And I was sitting there and I'd already got my um, history festival that's coming up in, in progress. It's been in progress since March, in fact. But it just occurred to me, wow, this is, I actually, I'm really happy. I'm really proud. This is, I have, it's a way of getting this history festival that I'm able to access here, not the exact one, but the idea to people wherever they are in the world. So hence why um, I'm referring to the Stuart Summit as a history uh, festival, online history festival, of which I'm intending to repeat. Uh, and yeah, so this time round, it is the Stuart Summit. It's happening between the 18th and 20th of November. And I, I know a lot, of, I can recognise quite a few of the names. I know uh, quite a few of you are already um already signed up to 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 that um let me just see here jenna says it's a wonderful episode with estelle about catherine de medici it definitely put her in a different perspective for me yes um oh thank you everyone i can see some nice nice compliments in the in the chat um so uh well <laughs> it was a yes so actually i will just mention then estelle's interview um like i say is available on youtube and um and the, the podcast via Substack and Estelle was one of the ladies that I got to hear at Warwick Words History Festival as was Joanne Paul and yeah I was sitting there thinking I'm really excited about the fact I've decided to do this Stuart Summit this is this is basically 
I'm, I'm doing online what, what I've got access to in person. Um, so let me go back to what I was talking about, the Stuart Summit. So we have now seven talks. So when I spoke to you a few weeks ago, we had six. Let me just, let me just, I'm going to keep you waiting for a moment. Let me just recap the six and then I'm going to announce to you who is the seventh. And I think you'll be very excited. So we have Gareth Russell um, talking about Charles II, the party king, the politics of promiscuity. I mean, like your ticket price is worth, <laughs> it's worth just that talk, believe me, because these are all. Um, so we didn't want to jeopardise anything with technical difficulties or anything like that. So the talks are pre-recorded and you will have access to them via a schedule over the weekend of the 18th to the 20th. There are a couple of live events as well, which I'll let you know about um, already. Uh, sorry, in, in, when I when I talk about it shortly. Um, but yeah, so so I've seen these talks already. Um, I've been editing them. And so I, I know that they're brilliant. But yeah, so Gareth is talking about Charles II, um, Partaking politics of promiscuity. He had a lot of children. Let me just tell you that. Um, oh, Marie, really chuffed uh, for the Stuart Summit. Makes me feel included and back in the community. Ah, oh, actually, one of the first history peeps to do so very inclusively and do it online. Yep, Sarah does one. She does uh, Amberlynn ones and Tudor ones. So yeah, so I've done. I've 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 delved into the Stuart era because. Um, because you will find if you even if you don't it's a bit like John and Gaunt, even if you didn't know you're gonna find it fascinating, I will guarantee you are gonna find it fascinating. Um there is as much, if not more, going on in the Stuart period than there is in the Tudor Tudor period. Everything you can think of that happened in the Tudor period, I mean you could put it on speed, uh and, and that's what you get in the Stuart period. So yeah, so we've got Gareth. Um Ilary Lynn, who you will adore, she is um <laughs> Jenna, excited for it. I'm ready to grow my brain a bit more. <laughs> yes. And by the way, if you can't make it or you listen to one and you want to see it again, that's fine because all of the talks will be available to ticket holders until the end of January. But tickets are only on sale until the 18th of November. So after that point, you won't be able to get access to to them if you haven't bought a ticket. So buy your ticket before the 18th of November. They're £20 or whatever that um whatever that is in your own money, but um, you can get to it um, uh, via the link in in my bio um, after this. Um, Marion, just quickly, uh, History After Dark coming to YouTube. Yes, it's already on. We streamed last uh, yesterday. So the first one is on. So yes, we're going to be doing it on both. Um, so yes, let's shoot something. So we've got Gareth. Ilyri Lynn, sorry, is, um, so she is a costume fabrics, uh, expert. She worked at Hampton Court Palace and she is talking about styling the Stuarts and her talk is fascinating. She's she's sort of segregated into two um, with uh, talking about how they used clothes to portray particular um, messages, I suppose, and then literally how you you style a Stuart, literally how they would have got dressed, all the different elements of the clothing and everything. So I think you're going to really enjoy that. That's Ilyri Lynn. So we've got Gareth Russell, Ilyri Lynn, Kat Marchant, my fellow, I don't know, <laughs> what should we call ourselves on History After Dark? But Dr. Kat, of course, she's reading the past on YouTube, um, where she doesn't do anything naughty whatsoever, apparently. I can see it in her eyes though but Kat is talking she's in conversation with Catherine and they're talking or Kat's talking about propaganda through imagery and this divine this idea of divine right to rule and how that was put across um with imagery uh in a propaganda style um so I, I, that's again fascinating talk so we've got uh, Gareth Russell, Ilyri Lynn, Kat Marchant um and then we have uh, <laughs> Marie. You, you've kind of read my mind a little there, but yes. Um, uh, and then we've got Julian Humphreys. Now, this is one where you might think, nah, I'm not sure. I might duck out this one. Don't. This is about um, 
the English Civil War, which of course takes part during the Stuart era. And I've listened to it all the way through, so I've, I've sort of titled this um, Reformation, Not Revolution, because one of the things that really hit me, uh, it, 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 I think the English Civil War is one, a period that, because we know how it ended, it's really difficult not to take that back and make it into a story that was always going to come to this inevitable conclusion. And Julian's talk helps to very much to pick that out and, uh, you know, from, from how it actually was developing. What were people's attitudes to what was happening at the time? Um, it's, it's really fascinating. Don't duck out that one. You'll love that one. So we've got Gareth Russell, uh, Illyria Lynn, Dr. Kat Marchant, Julian Humphreys, Leander Delisle, fantastic Leander Delisle. You can, you, can, you can listen to that one just for her accent. Um, and she is talking about Henrietta Maria, of course, the uh, the topic of her latest book, um, The Black Legend and the Real Woman. So Henrietta Maria uh, was the Catholic wife of Charles II, who was a absolute Protestant. Uh, you know, there was no, there was no uh, wavering uh, with him um, you know, right up until his deathbed. So how was this marriage one that actually turned out to be fond and he was faithful um and anyway so she talks about henrietta maria fascinating woman um and we have antonia keeney antonia keeney is a social historian at blenheim palace and yeah, this is a, another fantastic talk she's talking about sarah churchill the first duchess of marlborough and uh she's called it the indomitable indomitable it's good job she's saying it and not me the indomitable duchess um so i'm in conversation with antonia that's an in conversation uh, talk so that's six the seventh and you'll be excited about this based on what we've just talked about and the seventh is tracy borman tracy borman is giving us a talk on james the first and the english witch hunts which of course is the title also of her book uh, on the topic and um, again, she's talking a bit like I was referring to with Dan, the um, the real history behind her witches trilogy, which I know a few of you uh, have just uh, had said earlier up in the comments that they, that um, that you've read and really really enjoy, and her talk is is fantastic as well. So like I say, I've, I've seen all the talks already because I've been editing them, um, and you you're really gonna going to enjoy we tried to a breadth of um topics obviously a breadth of chronology as well so we're going right from james up through to uh to um uh sarah churchill who's of course queen anne's favorite um so we're doing all of all of this um yeah marie the uh forever will be the beep who tore down a historical building because she was throwing a strop yes sarah churchill but she we actually talk about about this is not somebody who you would warm to, but probably if she was around and you weren't involved in whatever she was up to, would have been a fascinating person to watch. She's a fascinating person to listen to, uh, sorry, to, to, to hear about. So if you want to, I mean, please come along. It, it will be fabulous. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Oh, I'll tell you about the live events as well in a minute. So we have the seven talks. Um, so Gareth, Gareth Russell, Tracy Borman, Illyri Lynn, Dr. Kat Marchant, Julian Humphreys, Leanza Delisle and Antonia uh, Keeney. Um, oh, Mayfair Forest Witch, yes, Illyri Lynn on historical clothing. You're going to enjoy that. Um, the tickets are £20. Um, the event takes place from the 18th till the 20th of November. But if you have your ticket, you will be able to access all of those talks until the end of January. So, because I think I think I would like to watch a few of them a number of times because there's so much you know fantastic information in them, um, and um, so they'll be released over a timetable over that weekend, um, and you'll be so you'll be able to get access to them. But once they're released, you'll have the link 
and you'll be able to access it at your leisure. Now, there are two um, live events as well. Before I get onto that, your every ticket holder is entered into a free prize draw. I've, I've um, uh, listed what the prizes are uh, on on the event page. So let me try and remember. <laughs> There's two book bundles. There's two book bundles, um, a Amazon voucher in, yeah, an Amazon voucher, which will be an e-voucher, e but will get you, get you some, 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 a book perhaps that you'll, that you'll be inspired to, to read after the talks. And also you may well win your ticket money back. So there's, so everyone who's got a ticket will be entered into the free prize draw. And I will let you know how that's going to be drawn in a moment. Let me just have another sip of my tea, which I used the wrong milk in and it's really ruined it. So the first live event is eight o'clock on the Saturday. And this is a live Q&A panel. Antonia Keeney actually will be on that panel. Um, possibly Kat Marchant, if she can um, join us, is intending to join us on that lineup as well. But we also have um, some people who've written on the Stuarts and they're going to be available to answer any questions. If you're not going to be around for that, but you would like to put forward a question around the Stuart era, then you can submit them early. Uh, sorry, you can submit them in advance and I will let you know how that's going to happen. Uh, Marie, yeah, 10 p.m. for you. Hmm. It will last about an hour. So you can get ready for bed, get in your pyjamas, and then when it's over, you can just go to sleep. Wouldn't that, would that work? So because the Sunday night, so on the Sunday night, this is our, this is the final event of the weekend. It's a live event and it's a bring your own bottle quiz. <laughs> so based on the talks, which will have gone out over the weekend, we will have a just for fun quiz um, where you can join and see what you've learnt. And um, yeah, so I think it's just going to be fun. It's going to be a lovely, fun uh, end to the weekend. And it's at that point as well that I will do the uh, free prize draw uh, for the the prizes. Like I said, there's a couple of book bundles, signed book bundles, um, and uh, you can win your ticket money back and you can also win a Amazon book voucher. So that will be the weekend. So um yeah i hope you're inspired to 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 come along and join you've got until the uh, till the 18th uh to buy your ticket um i'm uh hosting and Catherine brooks is is also with me to do that um so we will we will i it'll be really fun and um and also looking to do another one i think perhaps the stuart era will lend itself to much more than this uh than, sorry than just one event um jenna's already in her pajamas it's not a bad thing to be comfortable you're right and um, marie watches history after dark in her pajamas well you do know that from from waist down we're already in our pajamas when we're doing history after dark um thank you robin robin says terrific lineup yeah thank you i'm really proud i'm really proud of it it's going to be fabulous i would love you to join um, join us for it um, and, um, and if it's successful we will be looking at doing more I'm really passionate about doing these online history festivals so that everyone can access these incredible speakers um, I think uh, I think that's just something I, I'm really 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 keen to do um, <laughs> someone's trying to get me to meet up with them right everybody it has been an hour thank you so much for joining me um like i said there's no visiting tudor britain tomorrow so the next time i'll see you live is wednesday for history after dark at 8 15 p.m we are discussing the glorious revolution which is also part of the stuart era um was it so glorious we shall see we shall discuss um Oh, thank you, Tudor Chronicles. Looking forward to the summit. Thank you very much. Um, so, yes, yeah, so you'll see me live again next week on History After Dark at 8.15 on Wednesday night. And, of course, back here on uh, Thursday at one o'clock for Thursday Tea Time Live. 
and on the Friday we'll be doing Winchester Cathedral with the visiting Tudor Britain girls. Thank you so much everybody.